1: Least though yep Okay. Three, two, one.
2: You're listening to the. Network. <laughs>
3: we invite people of all backgrounds to share their stories. Their nuanced conversations and forward thinking
4: and not taking ourselves too seriously.
2: Everyone's story matters.
4: Every voice is important.
3: Life is polarizing,
4: but not
1: everything is black and white. Come join us as we fade to gray. Hey, everybody. I am so happy uh, to come and talk to come, you. Guys, come, come on, Seth. To come and talk
0: with you guys
1: about another did I did it. Another best selling author, blogger, and podcaster. I would like to introduce everyone to Matthew DeStefano. Um not really sure
3: De Stefano oh. because if you were really doing
1: the correct Italian, Distefano I think it's De-, De Stefano, but we can check that with him here in a second. <laughs> he is a best-selling author, blogger, podcast,er he is a social worker just like me. And he's also a hip-hop artist, I hear. Um, but the main things that I want to emphasize is that he is an outspoken advocate for nonviolence. And he is a podcaster on the Heretic podcast, Heretic Happy Hour Podcast, and his new solo venture, um, Apostates Anonymous. And he's written several books. Um, most notably, I want to give call-outs to From the Blood of Abel, as well as Heretic, and then his third edition to The Bonfire Sessions, which I believe is coming out. And I think that he's currently writing a book with my co-host of Mental, Michelle Collins, that's going to be coming out, which I think is going to be called Learning to Float. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong on that stuff, but to get started here, Matthew, how are you doing? I'm
5: well, thanks. Yeah, I, I think you got everything right. I, I some, some Italians do say Di Stefano, just like... Just like we say mozzarella and not mozzarella, but we're in America. It doesn't matter. I mean, just the fact that you got it kind of right. I'm surprised how many people cannot pronounce my name anywhere close, even though it's highly phonetic. Like, it's just read it.
4: It's me. It's me. I have that problem. Guilty as charged. Welcome, buddy. I have... For my defense, I have a friend in high school I grew up with named. His last name was DeFazio, and so every time I go to like say your last name, DeFazio wants to come out, and something in between comes out that is just butchered of both. Some, but someone someone part...
5: once called me Matthew Dysentery because they thought that'd be they thought that'd be funny. <laughs> that, that,
4: yeah, <laughs> we won't be like uh won't be that bad. Um, what part of of this United States are you located in? Though? Um, Matthew? I'm in
5: Northern California in uh, a town called Chico, California. It's, um, okay. we had that fire a couple of years ago that burnt down my hometown, um, paradise, California. Mm. So I'm still up in that area though. I'm not sure how long I want to be here cause we're on fire like three months out of the year these days.
4: Right. Yeah. Especially this summer. In fact, a uh, shout out to Andy, one of our original co-hosts, he lives out in that area oh. that you're, you're living in on a grass Valley. <laughs> oh, sure. If you're yeah, familiar with Like that. an hour away, So yeah,
5: something like that. Hour and a half, maybe. Yeah. I don't
4: know. I spent a lot of time out in that area. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So, but welcome, yeah, welcome, in. Glad yeah. you're here.
3: Yeah. Well, we just want to get your story. So, I mean, like as a post deconstruction podcast is what we usually term ourselves. We, you know, like to kind of get, how did you even fall into this crazy religion in the first place? Like, did you grow up Christian? Did you, uh, just happen into it? Like, tell us your story. Yeah. I mean,
5: I was, I was thrown into it from the time. I mean, as far as I can remember, you know, um, I, I just learned, I am not, I'm estranged with my father, but I just learned that he didn't believe in dinosaurs So it was that kind of Christianity, like it was like super young Earth creationist. Um, The Bible is, can handle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally.
4: No. 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 Chris, the (laughs) dinosaurs were on the ark. Can Ham oh, it in dinosaurs? Oh, they were on Come the
5: ark, so then they they, they died. They died after. Does he have an explanation for that? Apparently, okay. I don't know. Because they were only babies
2: on the ark, and they couldn't handle. They couldn't grow up okay. enough after the ark because the e- ecology changed so much after the flood. He
5: mu- He must. Oh, okay. Yes, I learned about it. He <laughs> must have some <laughs> <That> fantastic <laughs> um, extra biblical um, sources for that. But uh, no,
4: I was going to say imagination. Yeah, I don't or know, or magic, or
5: something. I don't
4: know. <laughs>
5: So it was I mean it was that kind of christianity it was it was highly um you know imbued with rapture theology it was um uh-huh. terrifying <laughs> to say the least Certainly and, yeah and it kind of went that way throughout my teenage years i got involved with music um became a musician learned guitar and drums and bass so i was in like every worship team ever and um gave a lot
2: the two musicians yeah, like, yeah. you know
5: <laughs> playing the same three or four chords and trying to set the tone for other people to worship and for myself i just couldn't you know it was it was one of those things like i'm i'm a critical thinker like i've always asked like deep existential questions even though even though i was like five or six years old um and i don't know where i came from i don't know if it's how we're wired um i just think some of us kind of do that at a young age and so i always did that and you know, when you grow up in a, in a fundamentalist household and you think critically, it's not going to last forever. Um, I don't, I don't know a single person who thinks critically, who stays within fundamentalism. And, and, and so that's just what happened. Like I, I I just started to ask the hard questions we all ask if we grew up in the faith, like what's up with this Bible that we're told is inerrant? you know, what's, uh, what's going on with eternal torment? Like, it seems really radical as and harsh. If, if God is so loving, like, I don't care if you send yourself there, like God do something like this is, this is bullshit. Can I cuss on here? Is that fine? I'm assuming I can. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: 100%. <laughs> um,
4: fuck. Yeah.
5: <laughs> okay. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of had that falling out with the church, which, which can get ugly, especially when you're like me and you, you talk about it. Um, You say things vulnerably about yourself, where you're at. Uh, you feel lied to a lot of times. And so, you know, I went down this path of, of, of being, I wouldn't call myself an atheist, but I I certainly was just like, I don't care about any of this. And I don't even know what I believe anymore. So it's like, whatever.
4: understand that.
5: Um, You know, and then I found some better theologies and realized, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like everything I was told about God was really just shitty theology. Um, so, you know, I can reevaluate the whole thing now because, God is not our theology. And we in the church conflate the two quite often. So mm-hmm. rapture theology is theology. Penal substitution atonement theory is atonement theory. Like it's not necessarily God. And you learn those things later, but you don't learn them from your pastor <laughs> very often. You're told this is it. And a story you you don't have a problem with me saying it. You have a problem with God saying it because it's right here in the Bible. So is that, it's that kind right, of stuff. Yeah. And that just doesn't last forever. So, but it's a hard, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard break away from it. It's difficult, you know, friendships get fractured and all that kind of
4: stuff. Yeah. The one argument I always hated as you're kind of like, i don't want to say waking up but kind of realizing some of this stuff and allowing yourself to ask the questions is really kind of the way i like to explain it you know just follow the answers to the questions sure. um is the thing that drives me insane is like well you're just leaning on your own understanding you know or like you know how are you gonna how are you gonna trust worldly knowledge and stuff and, I, and i'm and I, and it just blows my mind that like don't we all lean on our own understanding isn't that what we do isn't that what the people who wrote the Bible did as they were canonized? the bible wasn't like but how do we how do you not lean on your own fucking understanding you're supposed to lean on your own understanding what isn't there Seth? a
1: verse that says not to
4: there isn't there a verse that says that gays are going to hell no yeah. it, no I mean, there's actually technically it, not but
1: <laughs> well there's six verses, and it depends on how you read them but i <laughs> something I wanted to mention in regards to the rapture uh theology is as I have taken steps further away from the Christian faith, I've found that it, it was so much fear based and then how much control the church used in regards to that. Um, And really, and then looking at just like the dare program in high school, Right. right? Like the whole, don't do say no to drugs and all that shit. Like it doesn't work. And yet, that's what the church relied on so much and it's and we can see it doesn't actually result in lasting no
5: it it doesn't um fear keeps people trapped for for a while and maybe it keeps people trapped some people trapped forever but it 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 doesn't work as a sustainable model (laughs) but a lot of churches it's all they got but those churches are hopefully dying I, i don't know
3: you're you're talking about you know growing up in a, th- a certain theology, a fundamentalist theology, and that it's not correct. And so now you've kind of like adopted a new type of theology. What does that look like? I mean, people who are listening are going, "Well, he's part of the heretic happy hour. Of course, he's a heretic." I mean, he's talking about how you know uh, the Bible doesn't say that gay people go to hell. I mean, what is this theology that you're talking about? What does it look like, and how My is King it different? Jimmy does. Um. <laughs>
5: I hold my theology loosely regardless of what it is. And I allow it to change. Uh, there's a wonderful passage in the Bible about God's is it God's mercy or is it God's love that's wider and higher and broader and deeper than our understanding. So I think no matter what our theology is, God is bigger than the box that our theology is. Uh, And I've gotten to a place where now I see theology as a pointer. Um, so my theology might be. Let's use the moon as an example. We're pointing towards the moon, and someone else could be pointing towards the moon from a different vantage point, and they could be saying similar things, but they all have their subjective pointing. And, and so that's what that allows me to have empathy for you where you're at, or or someone else where they're at, to say we're all just trying to point at truth, goodness, whatever that is, God, whatever label we put on these things it allows me to let people be where they're at and be where I'm at without any judgment. So for me, I, I personally believe that God is not violent. God is not wrathful. God is not spiteful. God's cool with science. Um, God does not hate gay people. Um, there, there is no eternal torture chamber called hell. God is in the business of reconciling um, the world to God's self, whatever that, however that looks like. And, and I write about this stuff in my book. So, you know, the ins and outs of what I, of what, about what so, I think. So
4: speaking, speaking of books though, and, and some of the stuff you're saying that God is not like, you know, so what do you do with the Bible verses? You kind of look at it like, I know there's the school of thought of like humanity's understanding of God progressing throughout the Bible. Is that what you, what you do with some of the more bloody uh, verses that we have in the old testament you know where god's telling people go in and basically kill the entire village don't leave anybody alive you know take the women or take women, like, women yeah. as, as yeah. your own so like well
5: there's there's a lot that goes into that i th- um I, I do talk about this in in, in my books but I'll, I'll be you know kind of brief here about about yeah, like the specifics but i i for one don't believe the bible is inerrant and infallible. I don't believe everything in it is theologically correct. Like take out the facts and all that. And when things happen, I don't think the theology is correct all the time. And and I don't think the Bible ever argues that it is. The Bible is a conversation with the writers and redactors and editors about what God is like and how they relate to God. Um, So you could have stories with different theologies in the Bible. And just because someone said god said doesn't necessarily mean it's true it doesn't necessarily i don't i don't necessarily believe jesus thought it was necessarily true because but
4: if this is the only way we know who jesus is is through these stories then how do we like how do you because i'm i'm in the same boat and so some of this is devil's advocate but at the same time what do you where do you stop breaking that down like when where do you stop like apologize not apologizing for but saying, well, maybe that's not what that verse really means. Oh, like, no, I, ha- I, I have, like I have
5: no yeah. problem saying that's what that verse really means. Like There are verses in, in the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament that's that is what that verse means, and it could be harsh and bloody and awful. That's what that means. That doesn't mean it's right, though. So the, the burden of proof is on like the inerrantist who says, we have to take this as an authority. I have no reason to take the Bible as an authority. But even if I concede that fact, Jesus had a way of, of interpreting his scripture, that frankly, Protestants, at least that I know, don't have any care for. They don't care how Jesus read his Bible. His Bible, I put that in air quotes, because um, there was no such thing as in the same way that we call it the Bible. But um, when he interpreted his scriptures, he had a way of doing it. It was creative. It was it was Jewish. Parables. Well, yeah. I mean, even direct quotes, when he quotes Isaiah, he leaves off vengeful passages. When he quotes Isaiah 61, he doesn't read the part that says in the day of vengeance of God in Luke four, he, he leaves that part off. So I think, and there's a pattern that both Jesus and Paul does that. So it's well within our right to do that, because I think if anything maligns the character of God, we have no reason to keep that as a theology, even if it says it in what is now the Bible.
3: So, what's to, what's to keep it from becoming like a choose-your-own-ending book? I mean, if, if we're looking at the scriptures and, and cherry-picking what we want to, you know, use as our theology, why Jesus then? I mean, how do we know that any of that is uh, true? How do we know that Jesus is uh, divine? How do we know, you know, some people would say that we're divine. I mean, like, how do you come up with oh, this? I don't come
5: up with it. I'm fine with saying we're divine. I, I have, for me personally, I like, I have... I don't necessarily any longer elevate Jesus over the Buddha, for instance. Like I, I don't. I I could, I could take the Christian answer and say because God raised Jesus from the dead, so that that points to well, God's on Jesus' side, so that's why we take Jesus seriously. Um, I, I have no problem with just saying Jesus was um, no different than us, and I don't care if you do think Jesus was highly different than us i'm I'm kind of agnostic in terms of um, why I would elevate Christianity over other faith traditions
4: right, your allegiance to one faith tradition I, that doesn't uh, for, for I one more
5: cor- just let me clarify um, like I don't not love Jesus I think Jesus I think Jesus <laughs> is important as well
4: um I just want to revisit like one of my original questions because it ties back into as we're talking about the interpretations or how we view scripture and um you know, we, me and Seth were going back and forth a second ago about the verse saying, you know, not to lean on your own understanding. But like I don't know how you cannot even just reading the Bible like lean on your own if you're not leaning on your own understanding, you're leaning on like the pastors or somebody other somebody else who's interpreting it, their understanding instead of your own. It's not it's not necessarily like it's not more spiritual to not explore these questions yourself. And so my question would be then, is that one of the, the verses that you think just got, they got it wrong or you think that just been just misinterpreted and misused um, in 20th yeah. century? No, I,
5: I think it all comes down to how you interpret things. Um, you know, I, I could use, I could say lean not on your own understanding with a lot of things. Like I think we need to lean on a community's understanding Uh, When it comes to race issues, we need to lean on black folks, understanding and listen to them. So there's a lot of things I, and I'm obviously using that passage creatively. Um, I think the problem then is interpretation. Like if you want to interpret it to mean don't use your brain to think about the Bible. Well, fine, but that's just, I I don't know. It just seems, it seems like a childish way to approach things. Like when you approach the Bible, it's always through your understanding, You cannot not be subjective. You are a subjective person. I'm a subjective person. So even if I think there's objective truth in the Bible, I approach it subjectively. So I don't even know how you can avoid not having some of your understanding.
1: Thank you. (laughs) So I want to... Someone, we are currently on Facebook Live, and and as in doing so, people have, you know, are are going to engage uh, with this conversation. And I want to read, if it's engaging, (laughs) yeah. And I want to read one of the comments that was left, um, because I think it kind of goes with this. Um, Ryan Corwin Walker uh commented that my church used to describe the Bible as progressive revelation, this is how they explained away the Old Testament basically. That God has hadn't given us the full story yet. I guess they viewed Jesus as the end of that revelation. Sounds like this guy Matthew believes that the progressive revelation continues to this day. Would that be a fair assessment?
5: Uh sure. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah, loosely. I, I don't understand. I don't think God stopped speaking to people. I've never heard an audible voice of God, so don't get me wrong if some people have, I'm not going to discredit your experiences. But I don't I don't think there's any reason to believe that if God worked and spoke to people during the first century and before that that stopped. And so mm-hmm. I think I think the question the Jews, the Hebrew people have always asked is how does how do we relate to God? How does how do we relate to God now? So in the twenty first century, how do we relate to God now? And there's gonna be different insights and different things that we glean from life just based on our circumstances. Um
4: That's good. That's pretty good. I like it.
5: I mean I mean I hope so. What Otherwise I'm just bullshitting and making shit up as I go, and we all are, but maybe we're doing that too. <laughs> I,
3: mean, I think you're probably going to have some people that sure. think that, but but what what is God then? If if God is you know What is God, holy shit! Well, that, that's, that, that's, I, that's, I have to ask yeah. that because you say that you don't really make a distinction between the Buddha or Jesus. And we know, you know, as, as former Christians, or at least some of us as former Christians would say, Oh, we were, you know, uh, indoctrinated with this idea that Jesus is the only way to God because he is the son of God. And we're also told that his ways are not our ways. And that, you know, the ways of God are foolishness to those that don't know him. And so therefore throw out your logic, believe this. So what is God? I mean, if, if you're, if you're, interpreting it and you're, you're still going back to God, but you're not, uh, indicating that Jesus is necessarily any better than the Buddha. What is God? then? Uh,
5: For me, the best explanation, um, actually comes from the Hindu tradition. So it's a word such and it can be loosely translated in English to being consciousness and bliss. So I see God as pure beingness and God is consciousness. I don't think consciousness comes from like, the brain i think the brain is more like a conduit for consciousness so i would have consciousness more as a primal building block um
4: that connects us sure only.
5: yeah like a cosmic consciousness if you will and then experienced as pure bliss so whenever you experience bliss you're experiencing god i think god is more of an experience than a being i don't see god as a being um as a deity i, I don't I, that's a That to me was my childish way of thinking of God as an old man in the sky. Um, we say he's not really... We, and I use pronouns like he, right? Um, it's hard to get away from right. that language, right? But I, I don't know what else we're supposed to do. Um, so I just... Yeah, I, I see us as beings as experiencing life, but God as just being as such, not necessarily one of the beings.
3: And would you say that god is the creator
5: uh sure
3: i suppose how so like how if he's just consciousness or consciousness and pure bliss how how is he creating anything
5: oh i i I don't know how the big bang happened quantum fluxes and things like that i have no i have no clue (laughs) (laughs)
3: I mean, <laughs> but would you say that that would be at the hand of God or not? Is that is that something that you would attribute to God, or would you just attribute that to happenstance? You know, science, physics, all that stuff. And would you say that as a uh, God is a consequence of said big Big Bang, or would you say that God created the Big Bang?
5: Hmm. I think when we hmm. say God, typically it's something that like happened, or, or so, like we we think of God as like existing within the universe. I think of it as, as both like transcending the universe and within the universe. But this is, this to me is one of those questions that I hold like in the palm of my hand, like a baby bird, because I don't know. And,
3: right. And no one right. could ever know. So It's one of those things where I'm, I'm inclined to say yes
5: to all of your questions. And I know they're not yes or no questions. Right. And so, yeah, but that's the place where I've gotten where I'm like, I don't need to answer that with certainty. And, and that's the, that's yeah. the, I think the the folly of many people of faith is right there. Yes. They, they trade in their faith for certainty. And then the two are yes. kind of opposite. Like, I, I don't remember who said it first, but doubt is not the opposite of faith. Certainty is. So.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where really does, good. So then
2: where does Jesus fit into that?
5: I think Jesus understood what I'll, I'll call the capital W way, as well as anyone um, it's. I think it's a way of of being, a way of living with our fellow human, a way of living communally, non violently, non retributively, and as as a mimetic creature, as one who imitates, like we all do. If I'm going to imitate anyone, it's going to be someone who refuses to get into rivalries with each other. We see this all throughout the Gospels, like even when Peter wants, you know, he's questioning. Jesus going to his death like Peter, it seemed like wanted a violent revolution in that messianic tradition in that way of understanding it, where Jesus has to call him Satan and get behind him. Right. So Jesus refuses to enter into these rivalries that we all enter into and can't help but enter into. So. You know, he's he's one of those one of those models that I try to take on. There are others, though. You know, I I I think we can take on others as models. Um, Francis of, Francis sure. of Assisi, um, the Buddha.
2: How did you get from fundamentalism to this idea of
5: a lot of drugs? Collective. No, okay. Ooh,
2: which <laughs> Explain. Ones? That was actually.
3: That was
1: actually exactly where I wanted to go to Elizabeth, and, and drugs? I want to just add part of her question. I want to add to that. Can we also find out a little bit about your emotional experience through that? Because that is a a big transition from conservative, I mean, you know, fundamentalism to where you're at now. But not just emotional, it's got to
2: be the whole thing, because like, emotions, yeah, but your brain goes.
1: (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Yeah,
5: it's, um, I think it, it starts with like a posture of wanting to know the truth, regardless of consequence. And I've always wanted to know the truth. And there comes a breaking point where you can no longer accept the answers you've been given by pastors, by you know, by people on the worship team, when you ask these things like, hey, yo, uh, Bible endorses slavery. What are we going to do with that? <laughs> you know, And, and yeah. what you're telling me, I'm not cool mm. with. Like, oh, well, they treated their slaves nicer. Huh, doesn't, doesn't work for me. <laughs> I'm not going to stay no. there. So there's a hundred or a thousand of those Bible questions that – I could have chosen slavery is an an easy one because the Bible doesn't, doesn't ever condemn slavery outright. Um, But they'll come up with ways to explain it away. And it wasn't good enough for me. So you, you go on this journey asking all those questions that are like that. And you get to a place where it's why it's why Michelle and I are calling our book learning to float you don't actually get anywhere. You learn how to float in the the water that you used to splash about and drown in. And so you just keep going from this path of fundamentalism to fundamentalism light to liberal Christianity. And then you're like, well, okay, but what about people who've never heard Jesus? So it can't just be totally about Jesus because certainly God would come up with a better plan than that. Like, so what about all these other people? What about Muslims who are treating others with kindness and peace and love like how are they still kind of wrong when i see christians with so much vitriol um so i'm still on that journey of like i'm not i have not arrived anywhere you know i um i just have a posture of of trying to grow as a person and trying to know what the truth is regardless of how uncomfortable it makes me feel in the moment and my emotion it all over the place Um, I think Michelle Collins in her first book, likens the whole deconstruction thing to the grief cycle. So everything on that, like you lose people, you, you know, you lose friends, you lose family. Um, you, you think you're going crazy. Like you're alone. You believe all these new things. Why do you believe them? Everyone around you doesn't like, what's wrong with you? Why can't I just read my Bible and accept it? Uh, you lose family you start to accept things. Then you go back. Like you, you start to deny things. You start to like kind of bargain with God, you know? Um, so all over the place and that's, what's scary for a lot of people. Hmm. So I guess that's it. See you guys. So
4: like, that was definitely a mic drop moment um, for sure. And, and, uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, I think, What you just described, like, I know everybody here can relate with, and I think there's so many, especially of our listeners are going to really relate with how you just articulated that, that process, because that, that, that is, um, what it's like. And that's where we're at and you never do arrive. And I think that's the biggest thing to just, but there's also like a sense of like comfort and that you feel like you, once you realize you never do arrive, you feel like you arrived right. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, Oh, okay. Well then, then, yeah, it's, it's yeah. It is all about this journey. So this is, this is where we're at. Yeah. I um, think it's kind of like
5: you were, learn that like the destination is not the, the goal. Like the journey is the goal. Like, it's like how people say, like, you don't get towards peace. You live from a place of peace. You don't like get there. You just realize you you are like, Like God, God or no God, like I'm not going to be punished for being wrong. I'm not going to, I don't have to gain 10,000 facts about something before I know something. You know, like, so it's all, you just become comfortable, like in your uncomfortability, I guess.
3: I think that's one of the. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest abuses of the church, uh, you know, is to constantly put be pushing this afterlife mentality on you like, oh, well, you're storing up rewards now, but I'm completely miserable with this one gift that I've been given of life, you know, at, at, in this time, you know, so, but oh, don't worry about that, because you're, you know, you're sowing seeds in heaven or whatever, you know, and it's like, what bullshit is that? you know, like I've been given a life regardless of whether it was from a creator God or whether it was by happenstance, I've been given this one chance at life and I'm going to have peace yeah. now. I'm going to have love now. I'm going to live it to the fullest. Now. Yeah. Uh, I think the church, you know, uh, Omar can attest, you know, working for free for the church. Cause he's storing up rewards in heaven. How many years did you do that?
4: You, you keep know? saying like, sowing your seed and storing up rewards in heaven, are you sure you weren't like Muslim? I mean, are you getting virgins or, what's going on here
5: <laughs> no we got the crowns like there's a the crown of jewels and all that but you know something something funny my daughter said when she was 9 years old uh, and she's only 10 now she said you know it's something like this it's funny that it's always now and now it's now and now it's now and i was like damn you're you're woke like <laughs> it's never not now and so you're right like it is it is true that the church Has so missed missed the boat here um, that we're all worried about the afterlife, but really, all we concretely have is right now.
3: That's right.
1: Yeah, I want to just also mention because you, when talking about deconstruction being like a grief cycle i mean you did call out michelle collins and i just want to note that book um in which she actually paints that picture Who? and runs through those different stages michelle, michelle collins, collins for president is, hello she's gonna be her book is coming out at the uh, end of november i believe and so i just want to re- yeah you know throw some throw some and the book there, is better than the um, forward the forward sucks let me you write it. <laughs> there you are, <laughs> and I think and she and she wrote the foreword to your book, Heretic. If I'm not wrong, right. yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. So, so there, there we are. are. We,
5: yeah, like Mich- you can't
4: Michelle- tell. Seth is definitely jealous of uh, Matthew and Michelle's relationship.
5: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, just a little no, bit yeah, of
4: bit. Bed- I am.
3: Oh,
1: just,
5: just I've a known Michelle bit. for five There's... years, so I, unless you've known her longer, no, you have <laughs> right. full credit. Yeah.
1: Like you get yeah. all of it, but that. That does not stop oh, my uh, if We are my medic beings. Uh, we are my medic beans. I understand it. So, you know. Yeah. There
4: you are. <laughs> right on. Well, there is something that you mentioned, or Seth actually mentioned in your bio way back. And I know that you have you had some music experience because you led worship. It sounds like you went to school for music. I Yeah. Um, I, let's talk I, a little bit about that.
5: I did undergrad in music and education.
4: Cause you ended up in, in hip hop somehow from like, I mean, talking about tra- like if being a evangelical Christian to whatever you are now is in a transition, being a worship leader for evangelical church to a hip hop artist is also a transition that I want to know. about. Yeah, well, so,
5: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've recorded seven songs. I'm still working on them. Um, it's just like a demo thing. It's just something I did for fun because I totally believe we're all creative people beans like it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to like go to her or anything but it's just you know I like to create music as kind of a side thing as you know in addition to podcasting and writing um the good thing about my worship experience is I never got into christian music so huh. i did not listen to christian bands at all like in sixth grade i listened to Snoop Dogg and Dre um i listened to okay. Eminem like i got in I, all types of music like when I listened to metal, I listened to metal. I didn't listen to Christian metal per se. Like, I, When I listened to rock, I listened to rock. I did not seek out Christian bands. I always thought they were trying too hard. My dog likes to, to freak the fuck out. Sorry. Uh,
4: so no KJ52 then? <laughs> no.
5: no. I don't even know who that... <laughs>
3: oh, well, probably well, good. That's bless okay. you then, That's yes. Okay. Yeah. Is that the Dear Slim guy? I think 17. so. Yeah, yeah.
1: He he helped me so much. KJ five two that like I had that on repeat, guys. Right along with jars oh of clay. Oh God. And... Well, it's
5: Gross. funny. We just uh, on Heritage oh, Happy caviar. We just uh, interviewed Kevin Max. He was in DC talk, um, oh. and and I I told the guys like I never listened to. I don't know who like who you are really because. Uh, I wow. didn't get He's like, oh, oh, you're lucky. Like you didn't get into Christian music. He's like, good for you.
3: What did you think of him? I thought
5: he was, he was great to talk to. I don't know. I don't know okay. anything about these. I know they had a song called Jesus freak. I listened yeah. to it the other day and I was like, oh, I remember this, this, I don't want to be mean, but like, uh, not, not for me.
3: Maybe he's grown a little bit because about 10 years ago, I ran sound for him at a coffee shop and he was the biggest douchebag ever. Uh, we all
5: have bad days. I have no idea. <laughs> he seemed totally nice. Yeah. Like I enjoyed talking to him.
3: Yeah. We're good.
4: Yeah, because you've never been a douchebag in your day in your life, Chris. No, I, <laughs> never, ever,
1: I know I have. So, so I'm, I'm going to swing this back Ooh, to
3: the theology swing conversation. Swing it on back. But Come we am enjoying in. the yeah.
2: music
1: talk. Come know, on, well,
2: non-musician.
3: Seth hates I, music. I, I, I know, really, don't really I,
5: mean, I, I got to say, I don't understand. I know people who say I hate music and I, I can not I can wrap my mind around a lot of things like support for Trump. I, I get it. I don't agree with it, but... Sorry if I offended any listeners, but I don't understand anyone saying I don't like music. That,
1: that, that... no, they well, just, if, they if you've ever about... been in a cult
4: before, then you can understand support for Trump. But,
3: yeah, <laughs> the, the, the people,
1: the the music that a lot of the people in our community listen to is something I don't consider music. Seth okay. likes
3: uh, like house music, like um, 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 like share oh, type geez. stuff.
1: Okay, I'm going back. Share is not house
3: <laughs> music. What the fuck? No, <laughs> well, no, no, no. PK, she, like, she is like, now.
1: Since we are on live, PK Lingley has left two questions, and I want to read these because I think these are good. Okay, well,
4: before you do that, uh, Seth, I just (laughs) want to say um, everything about you, Matt, I've thoroughly enjoyed, especially even your music choices. Um, Sounds like uh, our Pandora stations probably are playing the same stuff. So, um, sorry, we can't talk about music, but I do, we do have a podcast called open mic. If you ever want to feature any of your songs, you Ooh. like maybe like two or three of your best
1: songs? That's yeah.
4: right. Or just come,
2: come talk music with the musicians. Yeah. So,
4: anyway, <laughs> yeah. We'll get to PK Landley's question now. All right. Thanks.
1: Okay. I'm just saying they listen to all the screamo crap, Matthew. Like it's not music. Not all of us listen to we screamo We don't. Crap. I don't. Yeah. Nobody Seriously, here does. How many years have we been podcasting <laughs>
2: together, Seth? Seriously.
1: I don't mean you. You am talking uh, about like... Who's
2: in the conversation the, right now talking about this? Our, our, our
4: listeners, our supporters, P. he's talking K. about the Langley. millennials.
1: I'm talking about PK Langley. So she <laughs> said, I have a question. Do you think that people fall into similar <laughs> patterns outside of the church that they followed within the church? Like every man for themselves shunning superhero mentality or superstar mentality. And then... A second question, do you believe that we will ever, in this human existence, live life outside of the church in a book of Acts type of experience where we will all lay down our lives and pour our money and efforts um, all in for the message of God's love? Never.
4: Oh, I think you're muted, or is it?
1: Yeah, we can't hear you. Uh, oh, interesting. Doesn't
4: look like he's muted. No. no, it doesn't. Technical difficulties. Hold on one second. Doo, doo, doo,
2: doo, 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 Why are the two non musicians singing right now?
4: I don't know. <laughs> Why are you, you guys were doing scales earlier. It was annoying as fuck. Ah.
2: Scales can be annoying, but it's okay. We're learning. We're learning. That's
3: right. I need help. And she's helping me. She's so sweet. Hey, I want to take this opportunity to shout out a podcast that's fantastic. I want you to go check out Facing Off Podcast. They talked about me a lot on their last episode. It was awesome. Gabe and Nick over at the Facing Off podcast yeah. They read my emails fast. every
1: time I email them too The podcast fun. talked about Chris And Chris is now so excited Because yeah. this doesn't happen very often <laughs> So he's just overwhelmed And doesn't know what to do with himself. So he's very excited
3: about it Well they're good dudes too And the podcast is pretty interesting Try, so.
4: try one thing um, okay? And listeners up there on Facebook uh, Just 30 seconds 45 seconds uh, Try Matt Try hanging up and coming back into the call and see if that does anything. Um, I wonder if he'll be able to
3: join back in. Why wouldn't he?
1: You should be able to.
3: I don't know. Zoom is weird sometimes about if, that. If you kick him out, maybe he's not able if to. If you
1: kick it. him out, that's when it's weird. But if they leave, it should be fine. Typically, gotcha. I'm well, liking this conversation. It's a great conversation. I'm sorry that I, I'm sorry that shocked. I pulled the conversation away from <laughs> from music that was very. Disheartening.
4: Of him, man. Oh, oh man. No. 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 Try unplugging your external mic altogether. He, he I think did he did a already. Ago.
3: Oh. Yeah.
2: I just lip read that he said I did.
3: <laughs> yeah. We got <laughs> yeah. nothing.
2: It's
4: Fuck. okay. And we need uh, our intercessory prayer team to pray. We have uh, <laughs> Satan's attacking us yeah, right. technology right now. That's right. And so. Yeah.
3: Really Lord, what, we pray that you happening. would place a hedge of protection mm. over this Zoom Raise that conference hedge. right
4: now. Mm. <laughs> what what type of shrubbery should we pray for? Um I'm going for like a I don't even know what a type rose of bush. shrubbery there is. I don't know that either. That's why I went with <laughs> roses. rose bushes
2: don't make great shrubberies, but, it's but okay. they
4: they have thorns though. They, they do have thorns. But so those little
2: red bushes that, yeah. But so do those little red bushes that we have. Their thorns are even worse. They get stuck up under my fingernails and hurt like hell.
5: Er, nothing?
4: Hey, hey, we oh, have something. Yeah. There's something yeah. there.
1: there. We have action. It's a little low. I know. Oh,
4: for me, at least, I don't better. know.
1: Well, PK, I think I know why it works now. PK commented that oh. she pleads the blood. Yeah, and, she did. <laughs> she she pleaded it, and guess what? Now you have sound. So, well, well, I've never I've never Lord. seen
4: a a prayer of Chris's not come true too. I just want to say that as well. I mean, and see how quick he that was some... too. Like one small hedge, <laughs> and apparently rose bushes work. Just so you guys know.
5: So okay, yeah. Hopefully it works. I don't know. I don't know what that was about. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> there we go. Right. Good. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about so that, I, man. Should I, re- huh. should, I re- should I
1: reread the question? Yeah, um, I think we
3: should just start oh, start, no, there
1: start there over to the them. beginning. Yeah, right. yeah, the Hi,
4: f- we're, okay. I'm Omar. I'm
1: just... No, reread no, it. Reread read it. it. First one. So, <laughs> since we are on Facebook Live, P.K. Langley left a comment, and she uh, asked two questions. Um, she says, do you think that people fall into similar patterns outside of the church that they followed within the church, like every man for themselves shunning superstar mentality? Halt. The let second, him answer yeah. Let's yeah yeah um yeah
5: yeah i think we are all mimetic imitative creatures we all take we all take on models uh of desire and that happens in the church and it happens outside of the church i'm of the belief that most everyone whether they believe in god or not are religious ritualistic um i i believe that Even if you don't have a theology, you kind of have a theology. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Even if it doesn't label it God. um, I believe we're all have a propensity to scapegoat one another. We all have a, I mean, most of us, I'm assuming all of us are American here for God's sake. In the church, we're more American than we're Christian. So whether we're in the church or not, we are highly, um, did we just lose someone? We are highly. You
4: just offended, offended, Chris.
5: I he's a he like, hates America. Shit, I'm out of here. Um, he's like, Man, this is America bullshit. <laughs> oh, what was I saying?
4: <laughs> uh, that we're all we travelistic. in America. Get- we're
5: all individualistic, whether we're in the church or not. I think, I think, of course, we're going to fall into those those traps. There's a there's a um there's a large section of the left, the progressive, who are really fundamentalist as well. There's a lot of atheists, oh, man. atheists who are fundamentalists. Don't
1: get Chris started. Uh, You're going to get Chris going right now, Matthew. Well, if you talk anything I about it. I think the left finish. is the new religion. It's a new finish, religion. Seth.
3: Yeah, it's bad. So, and and by the way, I really appreciate Chris, the way you finish. handle I, No, I saw, I saw him handle the situation uh, from someone like that. Who's very religious, uh, you know, on the the concept of of woke, uh, you know, wokeness to to the point of religion. Um, and you did a very good job, actually. I, I was actually thoroughly impressed with how you handled it because most of the time, that person that you were speaking with would have shut you down and said, "Oh, I have boundaries. I, I don't, you know, I can't respond to that because I have boundaries." And the truth is, is that they just don't have a really good argument for you know, what you're saying uh, and they don't want to be, you know, pointed out as wrong. And I think that you handled that beautifully by the way. Well, thanks. Anyway, I, I
5: don't know what you're referring to, but I'm sure I did. A, I'm sure I did a Rhea great job. Dickerson.
3: Jesus. Christ. Yeah.
5: Jesus. Uh, to the second question. I don't know. I, I, um, I don't know if we'll ever get to a place where we live as, if, you know, my stuff is your stuff and we all share in harmony without like coercion and force and all that. Um, I think that's the idea that we bring about the kingdom of God, um, as a cynic and as, as one who looks and observes the world out there right now, like <laughs> not in my life, but maybe <laughs> some sort of divine intervention. I don't know. Deus ex machina comes and swoops and saves the day, but short of that, like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But Do I want it to be closer to that for my daughter? And and if she has kids, her kids and future generations, I would. Yeah, that'd be great.
2: It feels to me that like that early church mentality is something of a utopia that the rest of the world, like Christians, that's like their ultimate like utopian goal or some people feel like that's like the ultimate Christian utopia. And utopias are so unrealistic and so um unattainable like anytime anybody tries to make some type of utopia it just falls well, apart like and subjective because everybody's
4: utopia is different and look, too, like so. They,
5: it's so unfair to think that the early christians ha- had it 100 right i don't think i right. don't think they did i think they were at odds with one another almost from the get-go you have paul and his conflicts with the jerusalem church you have his letter to the galatian churches that is super pissed off he tells people to ch- finish the job when cutting their penises like He's not happy. Things are not going well from the get go. So we have this.
4: They're having orgies in some of the temples, and and then they're also telling you not to sleep with your husband's wives. There was some like weird shit that like he had to put in his letters yeah. telling people. Yeah, not there to was do. a lot like,
5: of that, and there there was you know we we have this romanticized view of of the church, and I think the idea is great. I don't think it worked out maybe for like the first week, and then they're like, you know, they're human, <laughs> right? And maybe it was longer yeah. than a week. I just I'm just kidding, but you know, maybe but, yeah. maybe no, like three sense. weeks or something.
1: Well, let's let's look at the second question as well. Uh, do you believe that we will ever, in this human existence, live life?
3: <laughs> I think outside? he already answered that one.
2: That's what we just talked about in the
1: Book of Acts type of experience. Yeah, yeah we lay down could, our lives. No. I, I, I yeah,
5: I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Um But I don't, I don't have, I don't have any so, reason to believe that m- my experience, if I have an experience after death is any different than this one. I'm just, if I experience something outside of this human experience, I don't have any recollection of it. So my only experience is this experience. So yeah, I guess in a way, but, but maybe not. I mean, I'm very, I, and I love that, I'd be by very the way. agnostic about that anyway.
4: Shout out to your nine-year-old daughter because I love that. By the oh, way, oh yeah, she's the, like living in, in the right now, and that's all we really have is now. So while we worry about anything else, that's perfect. really awesome. It's yeah, it's gorgeous. So I want to ask I you. I wish any, I was that intuitive. Whenever questions. I was that age. <laughs> um, but
2: what are you working on right now?
4: That's what I want to know.
5: Um, uh, always as always, the the podcast the Heretic Happy Hour, and Apostates Anonymous. Um, I had another podcast, but uh, my co-host got he he went and got, he went off and got cancer, so he had to take a break. Oh. Ooh, yeah, so he's that yeah sucks. He's in chemo right now, but he's doing well. Chris, so.
4: do the hedge thing.
3: Well, I, the funny thing is, is <laughs> I honestly thought you were about to. He went off and got himself canceled, oh. and and I I, I was going to talk about cancel culture, but no. but yeah, that's funny. No, no. I'm sad to hear that about your uh, your partner there. Yeah, yeah that's horrible. but
5: so he he's still writing the bonfire sessions books with me so those are coming out on kindle right now every three months and there's one more to come so i'm doing that i'm writing the book with michelle well i guess our first draft is pretty much done so it'll be out on choir at some point i don't know when we don't have a date so it's it still needs to be edited um and then what else am i doing i can't keep up oh i've got this really cool book that i wasn't sure was going to come out it's with an artist named zach parsons It's called the Genesis of Mm. violence. So it's like an interpretation of Genesis and he did the artwork for it. So it's kind of like a picture book and it's super violent and Mm. amazing. And all the pictures that he drew, like would make great tattoos. So they're like super creative and interpretive and Genesis is violent and awesome. So it's, it's going to be violent and awesome too.
3: Didn't Seth say at the beginning of this episode that you work against violence
1: you're an <laughs> outspoken advocate for nonviolence yeah. it's literally so we can't we like can't end all, with that being you, your last words if then. you google matthew destfano that's the like <laughs> if, everywhere you go you you will see this phrase outspoken advocate for nonviolence yeah.
5: yeah so i think in order to be nonviolent we have to confront our violence we have to be real with our violence and transparent mm. with our violence here we go um to say
3: what does that look well, like? Well, I mean,
5: like in the Christian world, we have to stop pretending that the that that our God, it says a lot of violent things about him. So we cannot demonize Muslims, for instance, for being so violent, because our God and our book is way more violent than the Quran. Um,
4: oh, yeah. Even Christian heritage is like way more violent than like even like current day Islamic heritage in a way. I mean, like if you look at the Crusades. The Crusades and- sure like what that did through like changing history, I think.
3: Or the Philistines or anything like that. Or or
4: you're talking about Palestine too. Yeah. Like what's going on right now with all that. Anyway, that's, let's not get too political.
5: Yeah. We have to confront our violence. And so I I think we have to, you know, we can't just pretend here and pretend it doesn't exist. Like we have. um, And when I say it's like awesome and violent, I just mean like, it's, it's a good story. Like, I I don't think we should act like, people in the Bible necessarily. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's uh, the greatest thing in the world. But, you know, I, I watch violent movies. I play violent video games, but I don't like worship it. And I think we need to work towards eliminating it. I think we need to take nonviolent approaches. For instance, when I worked in group homes, uh, you know, we, we did use force, like we did tackle kids and wrestle kids and um, restrain kids and all that. But we learned how to talk to them in order to try to avoid that at all costs, if we could. So we need to do that in all aspects of, of, you know, our lives. I think we need to take more creative approaches to policing. We need to take more creative approaches to raising our kids. Um, but sometimes, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these pacifists who say no force ever, because if I did that, I would have let kids get sexually assaulted by other kids. I would have let kids probably right. kill one another. Like, I think it's absurd to say yeah. no force ever. It just doesn't work in the practical world.
3: What do you think about all the people that are, that are, speaking you know, calling
4: and things like not, Oh, I think
3: there's a lag. Or Sorry. No, go ahead. I think there's a lag too. My, my bad. I think my internet's bad. Go ahead. I'm going to let you ask your question. Oh, I think it's probably the same thing. I, I think, you know, speaking of, you know, um, absurdity basically what you're talking about like the yeah i'm i'm thrown off a little bit but but speaking on nonviolence and stuff how do you feel about the whole defund the police thing
5: well i i it depends on what you mean by that i i don't necessarily agree that we need no police if that's what you mean but i don't think that's what people mean i think they just mean that more money needs to be put into other methods rather than having police officers do things that they should not be doing. Like you shouldn't have police officers doing a thousand different things. They're not going to be good at it. Yes. And, they're sh- and they're, they've shown that yes. they're not good at it. So we need to rethink the entire model. There's no reason. Well, for one, I mean, like there, there should be no like drug task force. Cause I I'm like a proponent, like end the drug war. Fuck that shit. It's racist. Absolutely. It ruins lives. Yes. I can I can light up right now on camera and people are locked away for weed. Like that is the most ridiculous right. thing to me in, in the world. Um so it is. And, and the money that is used to fight those things needs to be put into mental health, needs to be put in you know, it's absurd. The people who who like straw man it say, Oh well social workers are just gonna show up to everything and they're gonna do that." that's like I've de escalated some pretty crazy no. shit that you guys maybe you just don't understand what social workers do. Like I've, I've, I've kept naked children from sexually assaulting other people without anyone getting hurt. Like we've done some pretty crazy shit that for really little money, (laughs) um, like don't, don't shit on social workers. We can, we can do some pretty good stuff. Do we still need cops? Yeah. But I think we need to rework the whole model.
3: Yeah. Like, why are we calling cops when there's a homeless person? You know, like it's, it's so strange and yeah, go for it.
1: Well, I just wanted to know specifically looking at social workers going out into the community and actually doing this type of thing. Um, In my previous job, working for the uh, crisis line for the eastern region of Missouri, uh, we would we had an outreach uh, team, and like that's that was half of everything we did. And we found that when we were um, dispatched, almost three out almost seventy five percent of the time, we could divert from the emergency room, Mm. whereas if police had just shown up or the client remained with themselves, eventually EMS would have been called and they would have ended up in an emergency situation and they would have ended up in the emergency room. By us actually going out into the community and providing that type of support on those types of calls, we were able to divert almost 75% of the time. So to say that social workers can't have a role in working in partnership with police, it's that's a joke yeah. we do we're we're doing it currently yeah. and we if we had more money we could do more yeah so i think that there's a lot to be said about that
5: totally and did you have a question Omar
4: uh i think i forgot what it was i was i, I it wasn't along the lines of defunding the police but i think it's just such a harsh like a line to draw that when most people, like the average person, they see the, the t- term defund the police, you're thinking, oh, like that means get rid of all police. Like, when what are we going to do if if, some, if something bad happens? And so it kind of just needs to be like retrain, you know, like things like that. Oh, like yeah. I think it would be like something a little more softer line, more in the gray than like defund. But I mean, I, I, technically, I guess you're, you're, you are pulling funds from the police. Yeah. So, but whatever
1: but you're not defunding the, the issue that that police departments aren't into. And I, I know a little bit about this just due to CIT work, uh, crisis intervention team in which we train police officers in mental health. And you will not find many CIT officers primarily because in order to receive that form of training requires them to be off of the force, like for weeks or months at a time. And, our police departments throughout the country are very, a lot of them are not funded well. Um, They do not have the funds. And when, if they were to do that, to train their officers, there would be no one running the police department. Um, And so, you know, it's almost like defund, but they also don't have the fun. I mean, it again, bureaucracy. And I mean, they have a lot of money in the upper echelon of law enforcement, but on the ground, locally a lot of them are struggling and the issue is police officers time but again I, I think that I were diverting here yeah but I just definitely to mention and, I, and I remember
4: what my question was too so so we'll jump oh, awesome. back jump back on track and it may be kind of near the end I know we've been on for about an hour and really appreciate your time Matthew but um yes so uh, something you were saying earlier about kind of like the lunacy of um, the nonviolent stance in comparison It reminded me of a facebook post that i made this week um comparing the idea there because there's a lot of the whole pro-life uh movement going on on the other side so we, we mentioned something on on the left with the defunding but so i'm going to go back over to the right and talk about two issues that like it seems like uh because it's political season and where everybody's voting now go out and vote make you know Make your choice before the electoral right college does. in Michelle Collins. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, so the question is um, along the area of nonviolence, um, because I was asking, you know, if you're really pro-life, because pro-life is we all know is just pro-unborn life. Because after that, life is born, it's like who gives a fuck, you know? Let it, you know, um, who cares about healthcare and all the other things that would actually help pr- preserve life? And then you have the issue of guns. Um, I'm not anti-gun in any way. It just seems that like a pro-life stance would be an anti-gun or an anti-violence stance. And for someone who's anti-violent, what is your stance on guns?
5: Well, their their response would be that they are pro-life, which is why you need a gun to defend yourself from bad guys with guns. But that, that would be their argument. Um, it's not my argument. My stance on guns, I uh, it's a nuance like everything, uh, pretty much, is that Like if you're a hunter, you should, I, I, I think if you eat meat, you should probably kill an animal at least once in your life to understand what the process is like. Absolutely. Um, I am not anti hunting at all. I'm pro like pot, like in a good way, in a, in a, in a positive way, like not butchering animals for the sake of, of doing it, but like, you know, Hunt, hunting, oh, yeah. hunting with ethics and all that kind of stuff. Or, or, or hunting fishing.
4: is a lot better th- than what they do now for mass producing sure. meat as Absolutely. far as slaughterhouses go Absolutely. and all that shit. So. Um,
5: I, I'm a big mm-hmm. hiker. I don't personally have a gun. I wish I did when I go on long hikes in the wilderness and I realize, oh, this is mountain lion country. I, mm-hmm. I've done three years of jujitsu, but I'm probably sure I'm gonna get my ass kicked. <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> Black bear too.
5: Did you see I the mean, video Black bear, of that? No. Um, I've seen some videos that there. Someone got attacked by a mountain lion. They choked him out or something.
3: Well, the one no, I saw was, was this guy backing like, up from one for like over six yeah, minutes. Six it was minutes. crazy. Wow.
5: wow.
2: Yeah, I saw that,
1: and and he eventually got away. But it was absolutely oh, terrifying. Yeah, that, that gives yeah.
5: me like nightmares. Um, no, I I, I oh read an gosh, article yeah. about someone who was attacked. They cho- They got like a rear naked choke on a mountain line. Uh, but I mean, he nice. got messed up, but he won the fight. But sure. That's, ooh, regardless, like I I wish I have a, like at least a handgun in that situation because. Yeah, you, know, you can at least scare a wild animal as far as guns go to like, protect yourself. I'm, I'm not someone who thinks that a group of people with guns should go take your guns. Like I'm not like an advocate for that, but I personally don't believe more guns solves the situation. Like the wild West, everyone had a gun and it was pretty violent. Like good guys with guns. Yeah. And plus good, good guys with guns aren't trained. Like you don't know who a good guy with a gun <laughs> right. is in a in a situation because y- you're full of shit if you think you're a superhero. Um, at the same time, like I don't want all guns taken away. Like I just think that's I don't, I just I don't common know.
3: sense gun laws.
5: Yeah, we yeah we need common. There's some nuance. Sen- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally fine yeah. with common sense gun laws. I think most, even like hardcore progressives, are cool with common sense gun laws. We yeah. don't have
3: that and, now, and, but you, right, and you and you do have some pretty radical, you know, people on the right who I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, Sasha Baron Cohen had this show on Showtime where I love that show. Uh, he, you know, <laughs> oh, it's great, and the Kindergartens, right, where he, <laughs> oh you know, they God, had this guy on that. here who actually thought it was a good idea to to arm kindergartners, like are you insane you know the, I'm, as a teacher the idea that some of these teachers no offense to any of you that I've worked with uh, should be packing heat you never know what kind of mood someone's going to come into school with you know like no <laughs> just no, absolutely shout, not. Shout out
4: to Sasha though <laughs> by the way too because uh, Borat, Borat 2 just released. Yeah I so.
3: watched it last night I was, up, I was up pretty late <laughs> Same,
4: yeah, it's yeah, the same. I watched it too. We could actually talk, so we need to get you on to talk movies that mold me. We can talk, Sasha yeah, because you like violent and, movies too. And we can get you on for open mic to talk about your music after, cool. but, but we need it. so. But yeah, let's wrap with this last couple questions, this last question, and maybe like one more. Sure. So,
5: yeah, I got nothing going tonight, you- so whatever you guys got, man, honestly.
4: We're we're about to actually uh, record again in 15 minutes to 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 talk about the topic of nuance. Oh, good. um, With uh, our on another platform of ours. Shout out to as we're shouting out a bunch of different shit uh, to Fade Gray Network. Um, And so you can catch us over there. In about 15 minutes, we'll also share here too as well. Thanks for joining us out there live. Um, Is there any questions from listeners that we want to get to or anybody here before we wrap up? If not, we'll let uh, Matthew do some plugging one more time and um, maybe have him on. Uh, I know it's up in the air. I don't know what we talked about or not. I don't want to put out there for Facebook. We can do like a Facebook vote if we want Matthew on the town hall. But uh,
1: anyway. I just really want to just, again... Uh, to kind of wrap up, uh, just promote all the things that you're doing because cause you really are very, very active. Uh, Two podcasts. Uh, by the way, and I am curious really quickly Apostates Anonymous, what's that about? I know I get Heretic Happy Hour, but what does Apostates Anonymous mean? Like, what's that podcast
5: about? Uh, it's just me ranting and raving about whatever. Um, I typically.
1: Oh, then I think. I yeah. Very much like it. Yeah. Okay. I it's
5: just it's it's a tongue in cheek. You know, we use heretic happy hour. We use heretic tongue-in-cheek. I use apostate tongue-in-cheek. Um I, I typically try to have a guest, you know, so I've had Michelle, I've had Derek Day, I've had all the Heretic Happy Hour crew, I've had other friends and talk to them for 20 minutes, and then I rant and rave like a lunatic for another 20 or 30 minutes after that about whatever's going on. Um, it's kind of just because the bonfire sessions had to take a hiatus because of Mike and his health. And covid hit and we're not doing anything right we can't go out anywhere so being at home and my daughter's doing uh you know distance learning in the other room half the time so i was like why not why not yell at a microphone for an hour
3: yeah well, <laughs> well you I can't leave your you house because since... you're in california down here yeah. in texas we are open for business sir well good for you
5: <laughs> we're, we're opening
3: <laughs> up we'll right now that... so. <laughs> and
1: we're that's spiking support bad. that's how, that's how Harry DiCaprio is a patron. I Your video with uh, your message Mr. to evangelicals... Mr. Moneybags over here. Sh- In shut fact up. I wanted to hear this video. His out. message to evangelicals <laughs> is awesome. And I just want to note that, like to kind of wrap that up. Like if you support their podcast, you get... There's a lot of really cool stuff you, you get a part of. And uh, I I found that message to be very Seth's so editing this episode. And then also... <laughs> So bonfire sessions has been put at. Uh, you've kind of took a break on that, and then when are you looking? You're writing this new book with Michelle, learning to float, and then that. When are you projecting that to come? Uh, out? If I took, do you a, have any idea? I think you already said. Yeah. You don't if I took know, a guess, it,
5: it would be like think? summer or fall of 2021. If a meteor hasn't taken us all out by then, which, yeah, I'm okay with. Yeah,
2: that's it's, what's next. It, it seems.
5: It's me. a meteor,
4: huh? It's- is that what your money's on? I was, I was going to aliens, man.
2: No,
5: aliens came and we, we already identified the navies. I identified them. We didn't give a shit. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. yeah, we that shot, we shot them down and ate them. Yeah, well, I would be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the, ha- it's in the Happy Meals. Oh, gross. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> do you have any uh, social media platforms that people could follow you on if they want to just kind of stay in touch and watch for the books? Yeah, you know, all and... of them.
5: Uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's at MJ underscore DeStefano. And then on Facebook, um, I don't know the handle. Do Facebooks have handles? Uh, you just Matthew J. Yeah. I think they do. Yeah. yeah. It's the at. Yeah. So if you put at Matthew J. DeStefano, you might find me. But Facebook's where I do most of the stuff. I, I don't know. Because I'm old, I'm almost 40. I guess young people don't fuck with fuck any longer. Say, yeah,
2: yeah, most you t- of us here are almost 40. So okay.
4: Yeah, dude, we really need to record again because I think we can wrap about it. especially if you do movies that molded me because we talk about movies from our childhood and shit that we grew up in. So I'm actually
5: not really a movie guy, but we can talk about them.
4: Okay. TV shows? TV, yeah. TV shows?
5: Sure. The Office. Uh,
4: uh. <laughs> ah, yes! ah boo, yes! boo, that guy. Yes! Right, yeah. need so anyway, yes, we'll, yes, I will out. we we'll, we'll we'll talk. We'll talk music. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk music. There you go. <laughs>
3: Abraham Lincoln once said, "If you're racist, uh, I will attack you with the, the North." north.
5: <laughs> One of the greatest lines ever. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes. All right, thanks guys. So good. It's been a blast. Check us out on all the socials. Check out uh, Matthew.